Well, hello again. I'm Tony Payne, and welcome to another edition of The Painful Truth. And a special welcome to those of you who've signed up recently to be partners or members of The Painful Truth. This is a member-only edition, and so it's great to have you along. Thanks for joining in. And if you'd like to spread the word to others that you know, share a link with them, or let them know about The Painful Truth, either as a podcast, as you're listening to, or as a text journal that you can get as well each week, then please feel free to do that. It's always good to spread the word. Normally on podcasts that I listen to, they're always going on about iTunes ratings and giving a five-star review and that raising you up the rankings and all that sort of jazz. I, I don't know if that's all true or important, but I do know that Christians have a great history in just sharing good things with each other. And so if you'd like to share the news about the painful truth with others, please feel free to do that. Well, today's edition is a follow-up to last week's episode. In last week's post, I suggested that perhaps the key moment in the growth of Christian disciples is when they start to look left. And I quote from last week's episode, I said, that moment when I lift my head up and open my eyes and see the multitudes all around me that need to move to the right, that need to take steps towards knowing Christ or growing in Christ. And I realize at that moment that God has called me, little old me, in my own weak and faltering way with my own particular relationships and opportunities to help all those people all around me to take one step in that rightward direction. That's what last week's post was about, about that key moment in the life of a Christian when they realize that it's not all about us, that it's about the people all around us and the glory of Christ being seen in their lives as well. It's about becoming what we might say ministry-hearted or realizing that we're not just disciples, but disciple-making disciples. And we noted in last week's edition that the more we mature as Christians, the more this happens. The more we move right, the more we look left and long to see others take a step with us towards Christ, to the right. In that sense, becoming more ministry-hearted or servant-oriented or wanting to be a disciple-maker, this is not a separate thing from Christian growth. It's an aspect of Christian growth. It's part of becoming more mature as a Christian. And the question we left hanging was, I guess, obvious and simple enough. How does this happen? How do we get to that point in our own lives or with other people? How do I become more of that sort of ministry-hearted, other-person-oriented person? Or if I'm the leader of a a ministry or a group, how do I see more of those sorts of people, those left-looking people, emerge within the congregation or the ministry that I'm part of? That's the question we're going to be looking at in today's episode. And the answer is really very simple, but that doesn't mean it's easy. It's simple because if this looking to the left, as we've called it, is a function of moving to the right, then we've already talked about how God moves people to the right. It's through what the reformers would have called the means of grace, but what in our love of alliteration we call the four Ps, or I call the four Ps. That is presenting or proclaiming the word of God, prayerfully depending on the spirit, in and through people, and then persevering in that and practicing it over time. And so 
to see more people become left lookers, if I can put it that way, we could say that the medicine is simply to prescribe the four P's twice daily after food and all will be well. To which you might say, of course, well, we've been doing that. We've been doing that already and the patient isn't showing much improvement. We do preach the word and pray and so on, but they're still does seem to be lots of people who are stuck as Christians, who are stuck in a complacent, self-focused kind of Christianity, who don't get it yet that it's about ministering to others. Isn't there a special pill for those people? Well, yes and no is the answer. And I want to expand on yes and no by making two important points. The first one is that while the treatment, or the way we move to the right, is never anything other than the four Ps, those four Ps aren't uniform or one-dimensional. The whole counsel of God is rich and multifaceted. The word that we teach and apply and present to people has many different aspects and implications, and it meets different people at different times. In fact, that's what moving each person one step to the right really means. It means meeting each person where they are in their circumstances and applying the word of God to them in their particular circumstances and situations with their particular needs and particular questions and ramming home the particular implications and outworkings for that person. That's what the whole moving to the right thing is about. In other words, there's an order to teaching the word. Basic principles are followed by meteor instruction. One thing is followed by another. Richard Baxter wrote about this in The Reformed Pastor, riffing on Hebrews 5, 11 to 14 in this particular paragraph. He says, The ministerial work must be carried on prudently and orderly. Milk must go before strong meat. The foundation must be laid before we attempt to raise the superstructure. Children must not be dealt with as men of full stature. Men must be brought into a state of grace before we can expect the works of grace from them. In other words, at some point in the growth of every Christian, there comes a point where this teaching is what they need to hear. It's time to move them to the right in this specific area, that is, to help them see that they're not just disciples, but also disciple-makers, to teach them this, to teach them about the privilege and joy that we all have as Christians in seeking to love everyone around us, to move everyone around us to the right through the four Ps within God's amazing plans in Christ. How will Christians know and embrace this truth about themselves and about God and God's plans if they're not taught it? Now, this may seem an obvious thing to say, and of course, this teaching can and should happen within the course of our regular Sunday teaching and preaching as we teach people about God's extraordinary purposes and as we expound those passages when we come to them that particularly speak of our part in that plan. But I'd like to say that these occasional references or passing references to this topic that happen within sermons won't be sufficient. We need to bring this particular word to the people who need to hear it and to take the time to help them hear it and understand it and learn it 
and embrace it. And this takes time and focus and a degree of intentionality. It can happen in a number of ways. It might happen through special seminars or teaching days or weekends away that address this particular topic and bring the Word of God that teaches on this topic to bear. It might happen in small groups of disciples, either occasional groups that you form particularly for this purpose to work through this issue and talk it through with people, or perhaps as part of the regular diet of your small groups that you might insert this teaching into the regular diet of your Bible study groups. It could happen in one-to-one -one meetings with key people. You could use books and other resources that bring together the Bible's teaching on this subject and help you to teach and apply it. Incidentally, and I'll say a little bit more about this later on, but this is why I've written a number of things over the years. It's why I wrote the Course of Your Life study material. It's why I put together the little book that goes along with that called The Thing Is. It was because I was struggling to find good ministry or study resources that taught about this particular area in a focused and coherent and helpful way and that helped me teach it to other people and talk it through with people. And I'll say a little bit more about those two resources a little bit later on. But whatever framework or resource you might use, or whatever method, or whatever context, in small groups, in larger groups, individually, none of this is set in stone or really matters. What's important is that we intentionally teach, apply, and work through this aspect of God's Word to apply it to our own hearts and to apply it to the hearts of the people we seek to move to the right in this area. So that's the first point. We have to teach about it and to do so explicitly and clearly in as much detail and with as much time and with as much individual attention as is necessary to help people learn this truth. But secondly, we become this sort of person, this sort of left-looking person, as we put that word, the word we've just been speaking about, that teaching, as we put it into practice, as we learn the practicalities of how to move others to the right and begin to actually do so. Hebrews 5 says a little bit about this as well. It says that solid food is for the mature, for those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. It seems that as people implement and practice what they've learned, the mature Christian develops muscles as they do that, or muscles of discernment and understanding. It's maturity not just in solid food knowledge, if I can put it that way, although it is certainly that. It's maturity in the lived practice of that knowledge. People learn to look to the left, to be ministry-hearted, by beginning to exercise those muscles, by taking part in ministry and by taking part in helping and serving other people and moving them to the right. This could be by beginning to read the Bible with someone, as simple as that. Or it could be by taking steps to pray for and talk with their neighbours. Or it could be by joining a particular ministry team, say the welcoming team on Sunday mornings. Or it might be by door-knocking their street with a friend, or in a thousand other ways, both structured and informal. This is what training, incidentally, really is. Training is where you teach a new way of thinking that generates a new practice, a new way of life, and then you grow in that practice by doing it and repeating it 
and growing in it. And this is where training courses can be extremely useful frameworks if they're used well. If they help us to prayerfully teach God's word on a particular topic, to develop those convictions and to develop the ideas and the understanding, and then provide opportunities to practice and grow in that knowledge by doing it, by implementing it, by not being just hearers of the word, but doers of the word. In my experience, moving people to the right in this crucial area, that is helping people become loving, ministry-hearted, left lookers, if I can put it like that, helping people make that step in their growth as Christians, often fails because we neglect one or both of the two facets that I've just been speaking about. The teaching of the word on this topic in an intentional way, and the practice and implementation and experience of living and doing the word in ministry with other people. So, on the one hand, we fail to teach clearly and compellingly and personally about the nature of the Christian life as a disciple-making life. We still work hard at recruiting people to serve in our teams and to be part of our ministries and to get involved, but we don't prayerfully address the heart with the key question, that is, with the powerful and sharp word that God has for us about why we should love and serve others and move them towards Christ. In other words, what Christian ministry and disciple-making really is and what it's for. So we fail to teach, or if we do teach about moving right and looking left, we fail to provide practical training in how to do it, along with structured opportunities for learning to do it by actually doing it. And the result of one or both of these failures is the landscape that many of us battle with in our churches. We constantly struggle to find people willing to lead or be involved in various ministries or ministry structures or teams. And those that do get involved often suffer from a lack of joy or perseverance or right moving intentionality, if I can put it that way, in the work that they're doing. The underlying issue, in other words, is both spiritual and practical. We need to teach, but we also need to train and implement. We need to plant and water. Um, we need to get organized. We need to organize the farm, if I can put it that way. But we need to pray that God would move more and more people to the right as we teach and as we train so that they start to look left. Now, it's interesting, sometimes you only really realize why you've done something or the rationale for your actions after you've done them. And looking back, I think most of what I've done over many years of writing and publishing and other things at Matthias Media has in many ways been in service of the principles in this episode. That is to provide biblical teaching and training resources that help Christians become left-lookers, that teach on this subject and motivate on this subject, and then also train and equip people for doing that work, that is, for actually moving others to the right through the four Ps, through ministering the Bible to people prayerfully in relationship over time. The two resources that I mentioned earlier in the episode have a special place in my heart, I think, in this respect. The Course of Your Life, which I wrote some years ago now, I'm thinking it's maybe 10 or 11 years ago now, 
It was my attempt at creating a training framework that revolutionized people's view of their own life in this way. It helped them to see themselves as disciple-making disciples, to kind of change the agenda of their lives and how they saw their lives being lived out. And to do this over time in a group with other people with practical kind of learn-by-doing elements involved as well. And the little book I mentioned, The Thing Is, is really a little kind of text version of that material that you can read alongside the study or training material or as a revision perhaps or as a precursor to doing that course. If you've never checked out either of those, The Course of Your Life or The Thing Is, I'm sure you can take them and use them and adapt them. I created them because I couldn't find anything that did this. Now, there might be other things that you found that do this really well, but if not, grab hold of them and plunder them and use them in some way to try and get this kind of teaching and training happening where you are. Now, if you go to uh, the text or web version of this particular episode, if you go across to the Painful Truth dot online and look up this episode, which is called How to Grow Left Lookers, and scroll down towards the bottom. You'll see some links there where you can download samples of the course of your life and the thing is sample chapters to check out as well as links for how to get hold of those things and have a look at them for yourselves. And of course, I should also say, if you just go over to Matthias Media, matthiasmedia.com or .com.au and search for those two resources, you'll find all the information there as well. And I think probably sample chapters you can find there too. So that's another way of taking that further. Well, that's just about it for this week's episode of The Painful Truth. I'd love to hear what you think about this and whether this is an issue where you are and whether the two factors that I've been speaking about, both the teaching side of it, intentionally teaching people about this area, and providing practical training and opportunities to begin to practice and implement this idea, whether those are two things that you think would be useful where you are, or some of the difficulties you've had in trying to do that where you are and and what's eventuated. We'd love to hear from you. You can get in touch just by sending me an email at tonyjpayne at me.com. Well, thanks again for being here. I'm Tony Payne. Bye for now. Mm-hmm.